I watch all of you, you fellowship with each other. You know, I've been here about four years now. It's coming up on four years. Well, it's about four years now. And uh, I remember the first time I came here, I liked what I saw. I liked what I heard. I liked your pastor. I've grown to love him since then. But uh, I had a real good feeling about him. And uh, as you know how the story goes, he found out I was a retired pastor. So he did something I don't know any other pastor ever did it. He asked me, are you available to preach for me in a couple of weeks? I'm going to be away. And I thought, oh, my God. Uh, you don't know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> it could be anything. But I said, the guy's a man of faith. And I just stood there and looked at him. I couldn't even answer. I had just retired only about three months at the time. And, uh, and finally said, yeah, that would be uh, such and such. And I said, yeah, I'm available. You bet. And I'll tell you what that did. He invited me to speak here, and doors opened after that in all different places to bring the word of God. You know, I was retired from pastoring. I figured, yeah, I might get to speak here or there once in a while. But this is, I think, my eighth time speaking here in four years. And thank you, Pastor Steve. I appreciate it so much, so much. You know, one of the things, I, I, I've said this before in the pulpit, that especially if you're new here, that if you stick with coming to church here, you will grow up fast. You won't stay a baby Christian long if you are new in the faith. Amen. So I want to encourage you to do that. And, uh, you know, every time I come here, people don't go home after church. <laughs> you clog up the aisles. You clog up the lobby. And I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true. I, I bought a parking space here, by the way. But I, I heard somebody say that if I'm not going to be here, I could rent it out to somebody. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Is that true? <laughs> No, I guess not. Are you ready for the word of God? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you that you are in our lives working to will and to do of your good pleasure. I pray you, Father God, you give me wisdom to speak the things that uh, you've put in my heart to speak. And I thank you, Father God, that I have the opportunity to bring something to the table today that we can all drink from. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm really, uh, oh, my, my, my ministry career is, uh, I was a word of faith preacher. You know, you, know, you know the type, you know, name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it kind? Yeah, well, I, I'd rather be a name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it than a doubt and, and never get anything. Amen. But uh, I've, been, I've been in Pentecost well over 40 years now as well. And I had things happen in my life uh, by the Holy Spirit long before I became a pastor. So it's not limited to those that are in the fivefold ministry. And uh, so those two categories, the Word of Faith and Pentecost, they work very well for me. And I know your pastor is spirit-filled. He sp speaks in other tongues. I know a number of you are speaking other tongues, but some of you don't. That's okay. You know, we're, all, we're family here. Amen. But I want to give you something today. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are all, for all believers. There are, in case you don't know, somebody here might not know, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, they, they, and it's as God wills for those things to operate in our life. I can say in all honesty, and friends, listen, so God is my witness. I'm going to share with you some experiences I had in those gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm not making it up. I'm going to tell you things that occurred in my life and, min and ministry that it's just flat out supernatural. And we're going to find out some things about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. And having the, the, the whole thing stems, uh, I, I discovered early in my Christian walk that once I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and started speaking in other tongues, things started happening. Amen. Thing, well, 
You know, how many remember the movie, the, the uh, Independence Day? And you know, when they found that lab down below, you know, and they said they had this spacecraft down there, and that guy says, ever since those guys arrived up there, this thing has come alive down here. And it's like everything came alive. And I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I started praying in the Spirit a lot. Well, see, back then, over 40 years ago, they told you, you have to pray in tongues for an hour every day. You know how hard that is to pray in tongues for an hour? I remember I said, yeah, I'm going to do that, you know. And I do like they said. I'd get on my knees, and i start praying, and then i all right, three minutes went by. I got 57 more minutes to go with this. How am I going to do it? And oh, it was just horrible. But I found I could. But then I found out that speaking in other tongues, the Bible says the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. I can pray anytime I want in the Holy Ghost. I don't have to limit it to praying for one. Because I remember I'd, I'd get my hour prayer in, right? Then I, something would come up, up and I, I want to pray, and I say, well, no, I can't. I, re- I already prayed an hour. I can't pray. <laughs> this is ridiculous. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of freedom and liberty to us. Now, you were saying, Pastor, first you were Philadelphia Church, Freedom Church. You want to see more things happen in everybody's life. Don't you want more to happen in your life? Yes. Whatever it is, wherever you are, there's more that God has for you. He's got more. And it's not limited, like I said, it's not limited to me or to Pastor Steve or other people in the fivefold ministry. It's for all believers if you want it. So anyway, in looking at this thing here, you know, it's interesting that um, I've seen all kinds of nonsense all in the name of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is constantly getting grieved. You know, there's people, you know, pastors address this thing. People get filled with the Spirit. They start speaking in tongues. They do some of the stupidest things. And say it's God. God is not weird. Do you folks, let me ask you a question. You know, please don't say yes. Do you think I'm weird? <laughs> you are weird, Pastor Joe. <laughs> I gave him five bucks to say that. But, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is not weird. I've seen the Holy Spirit do things. The Holy Spirit does not need an audience. If any of you have ever been to the real big Pentecostal charismatic meetings, oh, I've been to them. Oh, I've seen all the error that could possibly be done. But, you know, you could look at all the error, but, you know, the Holy Spirit is a person. So you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. You know, yeah, people do strange things, but the Holy Spirit is not strange. He's not strange at all. And once you get really acquainted with him, you find out he's a wonderful companion. Let me tell you, I've been a, a, a Pentecostal, you know, well over 40 years, almost 43 years. I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's been a relief in my life that I have something from God that will bring me through all kinds of things. I, you know, you folks know, I, you know, I, I lost my wife about three and a half years ago. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God I could pray in the Spirit, and God is the God of all comfort and strength. And I discovered that by praying in the Holy Spirit, that God comforts me, and His comfort brings strength. That's all, just praying in the Holy Spirit. Oh, people say, well, you know, I heard people praying in tongues. I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, well, neither do I. And besides, they're not talking to people. They're talking to God. Second, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, He that speaks in unknown tongues speaks not to man, but unto God. But the Holy Spirit comes... And he starts with, well, let me just say, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at all nine of them. I'm going to give you little tidbits of experiences I've had with the Holy Spirit, with people in need. It's supernatural. The Holy Spirit moves by his gifts as he wills. We can't pray for it. We can't conjure it up. 
I never went to church saying, well, today I'm going to move in the gift of this or that. No, no, you can't do that. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit moves on you. And when you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you know when he's starting to move and you jump right in with him. Because you sense that he's on the move. And so let's look at, let's start off with, let's go to Isaiah, the 28th chapter. And we're starting verse number 9. We're going to read 9 through 12. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. What the prophet of God is saying here is that this stuff is done in order. God is a God of order. I've been to some of the wildest Pentecostal charismatic meetings. I've walked away saying, man, they, they, are, they are nuts. Because <laughs> that's not what the Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit does not need an audience. He'll do something silently, quietly. Nobody knows it but you and maybe another person. And there's no hoopla going on. You don't need fireworks going on. God is a God of purpose yes. and passion. And so we see here, for, so he's, he's saying here that it'll be line upon line, precept upon precept. I mean, these things are in order. They are set in place. God has a way of doing things, and we can't do it without doing it his way. And we're not doing it anyway when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's doing it. We're a vessel. It's like God is in the basement of your house, right? He's the furnace, right? And he's going to send the Holy Spirit to you through the heating system. You're the pipe that he sends the hot water through. God moves through you to somebody else. That's the other part of the beauty about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're not self-serving. The gifts of the Holy Spirit go into operation because somebody need, has a need, and God's going to use you to bring his presence into their life to change something that's amiss. And it's a beautiful thing. Like I said, I've been in this for almost 43 years now. I've enjoyed every minute. I thank God for this experience. To be honest with you, before I was born again, I was in the occult, and I saw bad things happen with bad spirits. So when I became a Christian, I found out there's a Holy Spirit. Hey, I said, hey, I want to know about the Holy One. Never mind those other guys I knew. There's a Holy One that wants to do good things. And so let's, let's continue on this. Verse 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to the people. To whom he said, this is the rest, where you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. You know, there are people till today, there's some, some factions in the Christian body, they say, well, the, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit and the tongues, that's all done away with. Well, it doesn't say that anywhere. It says, when the perfect one has come, well, who's the perfect one? They think because they got the Bible. Let me tell you something. Just because you got the Bible doesn't mean you've got it all, because the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. There are some things we just don't know, and that's where faith comes in. We say, Father, I don't know how you're going to do this, but you are God. I'm not God. And the other thing is, his ways are higher than our ways. I'll be very honest with you, folks. My wife passed away. In ministry, we saw all kinds of healings and miracles and all kinds of things happen. And the devil came knocking on my door saying, yeah, how come she didn't get healed? I said, shut up in the name of Jesus. Shut up. You know, I don't know why she got sick, and I don't know why she died, but he's still my God. Yes. Amen? Uh, maybe that'll help some of you here, that he is still your God, regardless of what kind of disappointment ever came to you. Mm -hmm. Am I disappointed that she's gone? Absolutely. I miss her every day, but I'm going on with life. Mm -hmm. And obviously, and thanks to this man here, he kicked, you kicked things off here. You invited me to speak here. Doors started flying open everywhere. Thank you. 
You were led by God. <laughs> you know, I asked him, we, you know, after I, I preached here that time, I said, you know, wh why did you ask me to speak? I mean, you don't know me. And he said, well, I had a good feeling about you. <laughs> he was being led by the Spirit of God because we've become good friends, haven't we, Pastor? Amen. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've known this man my whole life. That's the way God does things. Anyway, the Holy Spirit, and this thing here, this here is saying, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. You know, the, the prophet Isaiah, like all of the Old Testament prophets, they did not see this church age that we're in now. They didn't see this at all. To them, Messiah is going to come and put an end to everything, and then we all go to glory. Well, excuse me, but there's another phase where God's going to work. And these are the, the days, you know, the, the book of Acts, they call it the book of Acts. Some people call it the, the you know, the, the, not the, the book of Acts, it's the book of the Holy Spirit, where he went to work doing things. And so he's talking about with stammering lips and another tongue. Isaiah had no idea what that meant. But he knew he, knew he heard from God. So he, he spoke it and he wrote it down. Now, how many of you here have, have you watched The Chosen? You know, remember when, when, when Simon runs home to tell his wife, you know, he says, I, he says I'm going to be a fisherman. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> remember that? When I saw that scene, I said, yeah, I know what that's all about. So these prophets, they wrote things. They didn't know what the, they didn't understand the, the reality of what it was going to mean. That which has been is what will be. You think about this. The Tower of Babel. They were going to build a tower all the way up so that if God sends another flood, he won't get us. Well, God said he won't destroy with, with another flood, but they didn't believe the report in rebellion to God. So God comes down and looks as well. You know, they all have the same language. And since they all have the same language, they're all saying the same thing. There isn't anything they can't do. I know what. I'll fix them. <laughs> Everybody had a different language. Nobody knew what the other one was saying, so... The Tower of Babel was a bust. <laughs> it never went anywhere. But what did God do? The day of Pentecost, he comes along, he, and they're in that upper room, and they all get filled with the Holy Ghost, start speaking in other tongues. Now all of a sudden, God gave them a language that goes directly to him. So what is God doing? Okay, he confused them because they were up to no good, but for those that are believers, he wants to draw us together and get you all saying the same thing together. That you can pray in the, in the Holy Ghost and talk to God and nobody else knows what you're saying. You don't even know what you're saying, but God does. It's from your spirit to his spirit because God is the one that infused your spirit with his spirit to make you a new creation. Every believer has the Holy Ghost. You can't be a believer. You can't be saved without the Holy Ghost. And your pastor has told you that many times before. He said, oh, well, Billy Graham, he doesn't have the Holy Ghost because he was speaking. Of, oh, yeah? How many people have you led to the Lord? I remember the first time I watched the Billy Graham crusade, I was stunned. I watched them preach, and thousands came down. I said, oh, my God, look at that. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? Christ didn't you, the hope of glory. God did something. So here he's talking about speaking in tongues. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, which is going to bring us to something about the gifts. Let me tell you what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are, first of all. There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. They come in three categories. Some of you, this is new ground for you. I hope you're listening real good. I would encourage you, read 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, and don't forget 13 in the middle. That's the chapter on love. You want that one to keep everything moving nice and oily in there, right? Amen. And you know, oh, let me just move on. I got so much to say. You know, they have seminars and conferences on the Holy Spirit, but I want to cover the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, there's nine of them. They come in three categories. There's the utterance gifts. The utterance gifts are 
tongues, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Then there are the revelation gifts, the revelatory gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Then there's the three power gifts. Gift of faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings. These are all as God wills. The only one that he doesn't control completely is speaking in tongues. Because later on in 1 Corinthians 14, it says the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, meaning you can turn on that prayer language anytime you want. For instance, I was talking with Pastor Steve about this. Every church service I ever go to, whether it's here, I don't just pray going to church because I'm preaching. I pray because I pray for the church. I pray for the worship team. I pray for the pastor. I pray for the message. I pray for the congregation. I pray if there be anyone that's lost, that they come to Christ that day. I pray, how do I do? First, I make it known to God, this is what I'm praying about, Father. First of all, I always say, Father, I need traveling mercies. <laughs> Help me to be alert to other vehicles and the drivers of other vehicles be alert to see me. Then I say, now I pray for the church. I mention it by name. I mention the pastor's name, the worship ministry. And I pray for it. I said, Father, I pray your blessings flow through all of these avenues of what's happening in the church. Then the rest of the time I'm praying in the spirit. There's a church I go to in Connecticut a lot. In fact, I'm going to be there on the first Sunday of June. And this will be about my eighth time speaking there, too. And it's an hour and a half drive. I could pray for an hour and a half in tongues. Isn't that something? But I do it with joy. Because I'm sowing into the spirit realm for what's going to happen at that church. I do the same thing coming here. Not just because I'm preaching, but because I'm coming here. And on my way, I bring it before God. And so there's tongues and interpretation of tongues. Let me just talk about tongues first. Tongues is speaking in an unknown tongue to God. Okay? And so in looking at that, you're praying to God. You can pray that anytime you want, as long as you want. A man by the name of Smith Wigglesworth, they asked him, how long do you pray in the spirit? He says, I don't pray more than 15 minutes. I don't go more than 15 minutes without prayer. You figure that out. <laughs> I, I know what he means. I take time out during the day all the time in the middle of things to just pray in the spirit. I want to talk to God. And you know what? You, you, when, you, 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 when you build that up within you, the praying in the spirit, what it does for you is this. It doesn't move God. It doesn't move God to move in the gifts of the spirit. No. It makes you sensitive to know when he is going to move in the spirit. And then you are right there with him. The Bible says that we're co-laborers together with God, right? Why not co-labor with him together? Listen, God saw fit to put his spirit in you. That's a good thing. And so we look at that. There's, then there's interpretation of tongues. In interpretation of tongues, somebody gets up. If you've ever been in a church service where one person gets up. I remember the first time I heard people speaking in tongues. Man, you know, everything got real quiet, you know. And then I thought some Chinese guy was yelling over on the other side. <laughs> and I'm looking. I had no idea. What's going on? I was saved, but I said, what is that? How come, the, how come they're letting him talk out loud like that? What is that? He gets all through. And I'm saying, hmm, everybody's just standing there, you know. Then some guy over here says, the Lord would want you to know how much his love is poured out on you. How come nobody's stopping him? What's going on here? So I elbowed my friend. I said, hey, what's going on? He said, oh, it's tongues and interpretation of tongues. I didn't know what that meant. I said, oh, okay. So, you know, when you, you, you know if, if there's interpretation of tongues, God speaks back to us. And it's always something good and comforting. He doesn't speak back and say, Wow, you piece of dirt, you. I saw what you did last night. No. God is love, and he pours back love on us. This is the age of grace. 
You know, we sang a song this morning about, you know, how God is always there for us, regardless of things. You know, and there's interpretation. Then there's prophecy. What is prophecy? It means a word from God in a known tongue. He speaks to us. You don't need to pray in tongues first and give an interpretation. No, it's just a word of prophecy. And again, in the New Testament, in the Old Testament prophets, they'd walk into the king's court and say, you, a pox upon you, you foul king. But no, the Holy Spirit now speaks in edification, exhortation, and comfort. So I listen to some people sometimes on TV, some of these preachers, I just shake my head. I say, nah, nah, there's more flesh than spirit in that. You know, you're off. Listen to me. I've been in Pentecost almost 43 years now. I have seen every bit of strange imaginable. But I didn't throw the baby out with the bath word. I still stay with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit's not weird. Like, I'm not weird, except he thinks I am. <laughs> But the Holy Spirit doesn't need an audience, and he's not weird. He doesn't need to be loud. I've seen the Holy Spirit move in people's lives so quietly that nobody even knew it happened. But it happens. And it's as God wills. And praying in the Holy Spirit, if you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit, if you're not, you should. You won't regret it. Because you'll find yourself so closely knit with God in so many ways you just have to experience it a lot. There's some things about the Holy Spirit you can get, you can, you know, you can be taught it or you can catch it. Some things are taught, some things are caught. And by the Holy Spirit, the more time you spend with him, the more you start to understand him and find out how much he loves you and he cares for you and he's always there for you. And so anyway, let's look at the book of Joel. I don't want to stay there too long on Isaiah. I want to go to Joel because I have a few other places. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Oh, by the way, I'm in the King James Bible. How many of you know that's how they really talk in heaven? <laughs> well, I've seen the Jesus movies, haven't you? And they all speak with English, British accents. Yeah. Anyway, and it shall come to pass, verse 28, it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants, upon the handmaidens. In those days I will pour out my spirit. Well, we're in those days now. It began on the day of Pentecost, and it's still going till today. It's still going on even till today. Now, in John's Gospel, I'm going to leave us there. We'll go to John's Gospel. Pastor Steve has mentioned this a number of times. After the resurrection, Jesus appears to them, and he says, Peace be unto you. And then he says, and he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. What he did there was exactly what happened in the garden when God created man in his image and likeness. He breathed into him. That word is pneuma. He breathed his spirit into the man. And so what is, what is God doing in these days now? He's pouring his spirit into us. In the Old Testament, the prophets as well as the priest and the king, the Holy Spirit came on them. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. Big difference. Yes. You know, these, 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 these men of old, these prophets, they spoke as God spoke to them and showed them things. They didn't know what they were talking about. They just said, I know it was God, so I'm going to record it. So Jesus breathes into them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter number 1, oh, incidentally, while you turn in Acts chapter number 1, did you know that in all four Gospels, it is recorded in all four Gospels, John the Baptist saying that there is one greater than me that's coming, who I, I can't even tie his shoes for him, says he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. It's in all four Gospels. Then Jesus comes along in Acts chapter number 1, and it's, it's after the resurrection, and um, 
Actually, verse 4. Let's look at verse 4. I should have put my Bible. I get there quicker in my Bible. There it is. And being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And then down in, down in verse number 8, he says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. But he says, I'm going to give you power, power to be a witness. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Ghost moves through you and does something in an unbeliever's life supernaturally, it gets their attention. It gets their attention. I've seen it happen many times. It gets their attention in amazing ways because they know that you had no power of your own, but something happened after you touched them or spoke to them or something, and something happened in their body or in their mind or in the circumstance. They are, they are definitely touched by all of that. So we see here in verse number, did we read verse 8? Yes, you receive power. The Holy Spirit comes and he comes in in power. Now let's move on a little bit further here. In Acts chapter number 2, let's go to Acts 2. And when the day of Pentecost, verse 1, was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They all started to speak. Approximately 120 people in that upper room. And it goes on, the scripture goes on, and the rest of the passage goes through. And, you know, it's uh, Luke who wrote this, he's recording all the different languages of different people, the you know, Persians and Medes and, and this one and that one. And they all heard them come out. Well, they came out speaking in tongues, but they all said, we all heard them speaking in our own tongue of our native land. Now, some, some persuasions, non Pentecostal persuasions will say, well, see, that's what tongues is all about. It gives you the ability to speak in a foreign language. No, it does not. No, it does not. The miracle in that is in the ears of the hearers. Because after that, you know, it's, it, you know they all heard them speak about the good, good things of God. And it says, but others mocking said, they're filled with new wine. It was 9 o'clock in the morning, they accused them of being drunk. <laughs> so Peter, Peter, the foot in the mouth, Peter stands up, right? Peter, he stands up and he says, these men are not drunk as you suppose, this being the third hour, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he quotes what we just read in the, gospel, in, in the, the book of, Job, of Joel. He quotes it out to them. And then after that, all kinds of things start happening. You know, so they spoke in tongues, but the people heard them in their own language. I've heard testimonies of someone like from some island in the Pacific. They go to a church and someone speaks out in tongues. Everybody hears tongues, but that person heard his or her home language and knew exactly what they were saying. Then someone would give an interpretation. It would be the exact same thing that they heard the person say. I've never experienced that, but I've heard that many times. But in moving along on this thing here, then in Acts chapter number, in fact, of all the people I heard them speak in their own language, there were 16 different languages 
people heard what they were saying, but yet they were speaking in tongues. But they heard it the way they needed to hear it. It's a miracle of God to do that. In Acts chapter number 8, let's go to Acts chapter 8. And here in Acts chapter number 8, let's look at uh, verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem and heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized by the, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now there was Simon the sorcerer that was there at the time. So it goes on and it says, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power that whomsoever I lay my hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Well, actually what happened here is they knew they received the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say that they spoke in tongues, but obviously that is what they saw. If I were to speak in tongues to you, you can leave from here and say, you know, I was at Freedom Church today, and you know, and that not Pastor Joe, he spoke in tongues. <laughs> I saw him speak. They saw them, they saw, they know what they saw. And it says, of course, they saw what was happening. So Simon, he wanted it, he wanted to pay money for it, but you can't buy the Holy Spirit. Let's go over to uh, Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, here we go. Well, that helps to go to Acts 10. Here we go. You know, I can get around faster in my regular Bible. I should have brought it. How many of you know you, with your regular Bible, you know, your, your Bible, you know, you say, First Corinthians 13, your Bible automatically opens up to it. <laughs> it's not just me, right? Your Bible is one with you. Here with this thing, you've got to tap things. And I'm, a, I'm a dinosaur. Okay, we're in Acts chapter number 10. Verse 44. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they all of the circumcision which believed were astonished that as many came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So what we're looking at here is first of all on the day of Pentecost the Holy Ghost came. Nobody was there laying hands on them. Then we saw in Acts chapter number 8 the Holy Ghost came upon them. Nobody laid hands on them. And here we see that, here we see that Peter is speaking and while he's speaking the Holy Spirit falls on them. And they start speaking in tongues. I had a friend of mine I used to work with. He got saved about six months before I did. And um, I wasn't saved yet. And he comes to me and he, t he starts telling me. He says, you know, hey, Joe, you know, you know I'm a Christian now. I said, yeah, 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 I know. You told me already. You know? <laughs> and he says, man, the strangest thing happened to me la last week. I said, yeah, well, you know, I was home and, and his wife was out of the house. He said, and she wasn't saved yet. He said, I started praying, you know. And I said, oh, God, if there's more of you that you have to give me, I, you know, I, I want more of you. I want everything that you have for me. He says, next thing I know, I'm speaking in this other language. He started speaking in tongues. So what does he do? He gets the tape recorder and he records himself. You know, his wife comes home. He plays it for her. And she looks at him and she says, I thought you said you quit smoking pot. <laughs> well, he did. <laughs> and, you know, so then he comes to my house. And he plays it for me and my wife. Now, we're not saved yet. He said, Joe, you're not going to believe this. He plays this thing. I said, oh, God. 
when he left, my wife looked at me and said, I thought you said he quit smoking pot. <laughs> That's what he said. It didn't make any sense to me. But he was all excited about it. Because he was speaking in other tongues, and then he was giving an interpretation. And it was all in line with what we're talking about. Not some strange doctrines and things. Just words to comfort and strengthen and encourage. Well, it was coming back out in the interpretation of it. So here we see that they all spoke in tongues. Amen. Acts chapter number 19. Let's go there, and then we're going to move on to something else. Acts 19. This I like in particular. First number. Acts 19. Verse number one. Why is my Bible jumping over to Ephesians? Acts chapter number 19. This happened to me one other time here. It wouldn't go where I wanted to go. All right. All right, Acts 19, but it says Ephesians. No, that's... Is it up there on the board where I can read it? It's not coming up on my iPad here. Let me come on down here. Well, you can read it too, right? Okay. And it came to pass that when Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper curse, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said to them, you received the Holy Ghost since you believed. And they said, we have not so much as heard whether there is any Holy Ghost. And he said to them, and to what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. And it goes on. Then Paul said, verily, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which come after him, that is on Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And so we see here, now he's going over here, and he's praying for them, and he's laying hands on them, and they're speaking in tongues. But we see here that it doesn't have to be speaking, have hands laid on you. If you really desire the gift, you can have it. I remember I used to work in the altar workers' ministry uh, in my church before I uh, went, became a pastor. And um, I, I, I worked in the altar where we would, we would bring people. It was a big church, and we would take people in the back, whether they wanted to be born again, restored to fellowship because they felt they were backslidden, or they wanted to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I remember I went to pray for this woman, and she, I knew I was in for trouble. You know, I went to pray for her, went through the whole thing. And, and, and so I go to pray for her. She says, young man, I'll have you to know. I was a young man then. She says, young man, I'll have you know. I've had Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, and Oral Roberts lay hands on me, and I did not speak in tongues. So what do you think you're going to do? I said, I'm going to do nothing. I said, it's up to you. Do you really want to speak in tongues? She said, well, yeah, if the Holy Ghost wants me to talk, well, then he'll just make it happen. I said, no, they spoke, if you read on the day of Pentecost, they began to speak. There was a willingness in them to do it. So what I want to tell you, friends, is if you want that, you can. You can. I don't have to lay hands on you. Mr. Steve was Pentecost. He doesn't have to lay hands on you. If you really want it, talk to God about it. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. I'll tell you what. I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. I would never go back any other way because I'm enjoying it so much. It has been a joy in my life connected with God in that fashion. And the gifts of the Spirit, oh, I've got some examples I'm going to tell you. You're going to either be amazed or think I'm making it up. I can assure you I'm not making any of it up. As far out as it may sound, I'm not making it up. Let's move over now to, let's, let's just move along here. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians 12. And now we're going to start looking at 
the gifts. Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. The word ignorant is not an insult. It means uninformed, unlearned, unfamiliar with. That's all it means. It's not an insult. People use it as, you know, oh, he's just an ignorant guy. No, it, it's not an insult word. It defines someone, but not in a slandering way. And so we see here that he doesn't want us to be ignorant. In starting in verse number 4, the Apostle Paul starts naming the gifts of the Holy Spirit, such as I mentioned before. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God, which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given the Spirit, the, by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these works that one and self-same Spirit dividing every man severally as he will. It's always as God wills. I, I mean, there were times I would go to church, I, I pastored for 32 years, I didn't go planning on anything. I didn't go there saying, I'm going to call out such and such illness or this or that. No, I just went to church, and then, th- I, you know, I, I'd be in the middle of a message, and all of a sudden the Lord would just give me an impression, that still small voice in me, you know, and I, I'd say, oh, so, excuse me, somebody here, you're having trouble with your hip. It's been bothering you for a while now. I uh, just want you to know about that. God's going to heal you. Sure enough, somebody would get up and Come up front. And just about every time, they got healed right on the spot. If they didn't get healed on the spot, they got healed afterwards as they went. Remember when Jesus ministered to the, to the ten lepers? As they were going, they were healed. One came back to thank them as they were going. And so, you know, I, I look at this and I say, you can't plan these things because this is where praying in the Holy Spirit regularly you can get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues one time and never speak again, and these things are not going to start happening in you. Not because God withholds it, but because you're not sensitive to what he wants to do. And when you're sensitive to what he wants to do, you're going to, you're going to know and you're going to flow with it. And so we, we see all of that. So it, it moves on from here. In, um, let's look at verse number 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. Well, the very next chapter, chapter 13, is the love chapter. Then chapter 14 continues with the gifts again. It's about speaking in tongues and the manifestation of the gifts. Let me go into some things here. I think this is going to, this is going to, I'm going to bring this piece of paper because I have some things written down. Can I come down here and talk to you? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will never force himself on you. But he wants you to be in the loop with him. I've I've seen in my life, not just in my ministry, all nine of the gifts of the Spirit in operation. One way or the other, I saw them all. And every time it happened, I least expected it. I remember I was a a young Christian, my wife and I, we, we were young in the Lord, and there was a friend of mine, I used to play music with him, and you can relate to this, Pastor Stephen, an old musician friend. And another thing, you know, I was playing in this band, and I always wondered, you know, I was unsaved, I was wondering why they didn't smoke pot, drink, or chase women. And I found out after I got saved that they were all backslidden Christians. <laughs> God put me with them. He knew I'd be safe with these guys. 
So I'm driving to work one day, and I'm praying in the Holy Spirit on the way into work. I was only saved about three months at the time. And uh, this fellow, Dean, and his wife's name was Shelley. And I knew she was always very sick all the time. She was on all kinds of medication. She was heartbroken because of the illness or the medication. She couldn't, couldn't have children. And as I'm driving to work, I'm just praying in the Spirit, like I was telling you, driving the car. It became a lifestyle for me. I heard the Lord speak to me. He says, I'm going to heal Shelley. And I knew the voice of God already. I was amazed at that, that I was hearing the voice of God regularly. And that's all he said. I'm going to heal Shelly. So I get to work, and on first coffee break, I call my friend Dean up at work. I say, Dean, God spoke to me this morning. He's going to heal Shelly. And I thought he hung up on me. I said, hello, you still there? Yeah, 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 I'm here. So I said, uh, yeah, listen, we got this evangelist at church this week. Why don't you come on Wednesday night, you and Shelly, and he'll pray for her, and I know she'll get healed, because God said he's going to heal her. Well, he did come, and he brought his wife with him, and she got prayed for, and nothing happened. So afterwards, she said to me, what do I do? I mean, he prayed for me and nothing happened. I said, I don't know. I don't know. She said, should I stop taking my medicine? I said, I don't know. So my wife says, hey, guys, you know, why don't you come on over to the house Friday night? Well, you know, we'll have some coffee and refreshments. Yeah, good. So they show up Friday night, and this guy's wife looked like something that cat dragged in. She didn't take any medicine for two days. Oh, my gosh. I looked at her, she was totally broken down, sickly looking. I mean, this lady wouldn't check her mail without putting her makeup on and her hair fixed. And she looked awful. And I looked at her, I said, oh my gosh. I said, Shelly, you okay? I haven't had my medicine in two days. I feel awful, I didn't want to come tonight. She's crying. So my wife says, come on, honey, come in the kitchen. Let me make you a cup of tea, you always like tea. So she's sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and she says to her husband, Dean, we got to go home. i got to take my medicine. I haven't taken it since Wednesday. I should have been taking it. I, I should have taken it. And she says, I'm going to go to the bathroom. we got to go home. So as she's getting up, I said, oh, let me pray for you first. I laid my hand on her head and prayed for her for healing. She went to the bathroom, came back, and she sat there for another two and a half to three hours. She was healed. See, God gave me a word of wisdom, something in the future that's going to happen the plans and purposes of God. I'm going to heal her. I activated my faith on that, saying, yeah, if God said it, he's going to do it. And she was totally healed. Never took a medicine again. She's a grandmother today. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and that, uh, you know, a word of wisdom comes into effect. Let me tell you about something else here. <laughs> we, we had a... We had a guy came to our church one time when I was pastoring. And he looked like a right kind of a guy. And it was a, a word of wisdom tied in with discerning of spirits on this. They, they, they both kind of work together. These gifts of the spirit, they can work independently or jointly. They can work together, right? You don't talk about Josiah, right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, this guy come to the church, and uh, he seemed nice. He was a young guy, single guy, you know, and, you know, you know nice looking, well-groomed. But man, the red flags kept going up about this guy. What is this? You know, and I said, Lord, what is it? I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I keep getting red flag on this thing. Something's not right with this guy. So then my youth pastor comes to me and says, yeah, this new guy, he wants to get involved with me with the youth department. What do you think? I said, I don't know. What do you think? He says, I don't know. I kind of got a little check about this. I'm not so sure. He's new here with us. And I said, well, then give it more time and see what happens. But he specifically wanted to get involved with the youth. Well, then not too long after that, all of a sudden, he had an interest in a widow woman in our church. Boy, now the red flags were really coming up. 
So I said, Father, I need your help. I don't know, what, what, what's going on with this thing? You've got to show me what it is. So all of a sudden, this guy comes up to me, and he, one day, about a week later, he says, hey, let me give you a cassette tape from the church I came from down in North Carolina. You're going to really love the message this past Oh, okay. Yeah, thanks. I take it, put it in my pocket, put it in my desk drawer. Right? You know the drill on that. <laughs> put it in the desk drawer. I say, I'll get to it when I get to it. All of a sudden, he comes to mind for a few days later, and I pull the cassette tape out, and I look at it, and I said, I'm going to call that church. So I call down there, and the pastor's not there. They said, the pastor isn't here, but our associate's here. Do you want to talk to him? I said, sure, I'll talk to him. That'd be fine. So this you know, associate pastor gets on the phone. He says, yeah, hello there, pastor. We talk. He said, we're going to help you. I said, well, we got a guy here. He handed me a cassette tape. He used to come to your church. I just thought I'd check up on him. He says, yeah, what's his name? I tell him the name. He says, oh, no. He says, you, you want to get that guy out of here? We had more trouble with him. He was after the young girls in our youth department. I said, you don't say. Well, well, well. So I knew what that was all about, right? So I said to the guy, I saw him that Sunday, I said, hey, listen, I wonder if we could meet this week. I, I uh, listened to that tape you gave me from that church down there. I, said, I want to run something. Oh, yeah, sure, when? We set up a time. He never showed up. He never came back to the church either. See, so discerning of spirits and a word, word of wisdom, is a word of knowledge is at work here on this thing, revealing something to me. It could have caused a problem in our youth department. We had a lot of young girls in there. He was targeting them. He was troubled. So God will help you out with that. Let me tell you about uh, discerning of spirits. Pastor Steve liked me. I liked him. <laughs> Amen. Hey. But yet this other guy, I had a bad feeling about him, a bad thought. Just in my spirit, it was just gnawing at me. Something's not right with this guy. Everything on the outside looked good. I mean, any woman would look at him and say, hey, he'd be a nice husband for somebody. No, he wouldn't be. He, looked, he had all the outward appearance of something wholesome, but underneath it all was dead men's bones. But God alerted me to it. And he'll alert you to things. He'll alert you to who you want to come close to you. You know, I learned something. In, you know, I like, I like not being a pastor anymore, because now i got more friends. <laughs> You know, I don't think you really get that. As a pastor, you can't let everybody get close to you. <laughs> you know, you, got, you have to choose your friends a little more carefully. But I'm enjoying the daylight. So I have a lot of friends here. I have friends in other churches. I'm enjoying it, you know. And, you know, I, I come to this church. You people love to fellowship. You won't go home. They've got to flash the lights in the lobby to get you in. I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you know, you're a healthy bunch of people. That's why I love coming here. All right, let's move along over here. Prophecy is for edification, exhortation, or comfort. I've had prophetic words a number of times. Other people have had a prophetic word, and you don't have to speak in tongues first. It just comes out. Let me talk here about, oh, this one is a good one here. Ah, miracles. The, the gifts of healing and the gift of faith. Those are the power gifts. I've seen, I've seen them in operation, too. One of them was <laughs> a lady in our church says to me, a friend of mine, her nephew or something, is in the hospital. He's dying of AIDS. Would you go visit him? I said, well, find out if he wants a visitor. If he says yes, I'll go. So they checked into it and said, yeah, he's open to the idea. You come and visit him. So I went there, and I visited him, and I had to put gloves on. I had to put a mask on. Oh, you know, he had AIDS. He was dying. He was skinny as a rail, and he was unsaved. So I go in there, and I'm talking to him. I told him who I was. He said, yeah. They said that, you know, they know somebody that, you know, come and visit with me. And I'm talking to them. 
find out what's going on. He had AIDS, and he'd been a drug addict. And he says, the funny thing is, I got off drugs, you know, I got rehabilitated, but, you know, I was contaminated with this AIDS, and I'm dying now. And I said, do you mind if I pray for you? I just felt really strong. Pray for this guy. I laid my hands on him, prayed for him. Now, he'd been laying in bed. He hadn't been out of bed about 30 days almost. They said he could die any day now. He can't eat anything. He can't drink anything. Anything he eats or drinks, he vomits it up. I prayed for the guy, and he says, Oh, what, what happened? I said, I don't know. You tell me. He says, Well, I feel good. He got up out of bed and started walking around the room doing these squat things. The nurse came in the room. She about had a fit. No, no, you need to get back in the bed. He said, no, you don't understand. This guy did something and I feel good. He was totally healed of AIDS. He went home the next day. Totally healed. Totally healed. Well, before I left, I made sure he was born again and speaking in other tongues. You hear what I'm saying? I said, this guy needs the Lord in his life. Did I go there with that intention? No, I thought I'd just go talk to him, see what's going on, if he would like prayer. I didn't expect that. You see what I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit just prompted me, lay hands on him and pray for him. I got healed of, I got healed of, uh, oh gosh, I had AIDS. COVID, no, not AIDS, COVID. I had COVID. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you heard that. I had COVID two years ago, and it started coming on me on a Monday. And by Friday, I was sitting in my house. I had a, my warm pajamas. I had a robe on. I had chills. I had headaches. <gasps> I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sleep. I had no appetite. I had no sense of smell. Everything, and the temperature was almost 102. It was going up and up and up every day. And I sit downstairs. I'm saying, Father, I'm trusting in you. That I'm going to be healed of this. You know, I'm trusting in you. By, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I'm speaking this over myself. And all of a sudden, I hear the Lord speak to me. He says, go on Facebook. Facebook? I'm not in the mood for Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. So I'm, okay, well, you know, I'm, I know the voice of God. All right. So I go on Facebook, and the thing pops up. There's this minister guy that I know. I've never met him. His name is Lance Walnow. Anybody hear of him? Yeah. It says, Lance Walnow is live streaming right now. I said, oh, let me hear what he's talking about, because he's very prophetic. He knows government. He knows the Bible. He's a man of faith. He was a pastor. He did a lot of things. So I go in, and he's sitting there with his wife, and all they're talking about is a house that they bought. <laughs> and all the renovations they were doing, I'm sitting there and I'm, and I start to fall asleep and I wake up because I can't breathe. And I said, what does him with this house have to do with anything here? Lord, you know, you told me to go on Facebook. Was, is this what? And all of a sudden, Lance, he's, he said he was talking for about 15 minutes. I'm listening to him. He's boring me out of my mind. And all of a sudden, he says, well, it's time for Annabelle and I to go. But wait a minute. I, I feel led to pray. There's people watching right now that aren't feeling good. And I know God wants to heal you. When he said that, I knew what was going on. I said, he just got a word of knowledge about sick people. I immediately said, this is for me. I did. I said that. I said, this is for me. 
And he prayed a prayer of faith, quoting the scriptures that I know concerning healing. And he says, I pray that over you now that you'll be healed, everybody, in the name of Jesus. Goodbye, everybody. I'll see you Monday. And he went off the air, and I was sitting there healed. Totally healed. Gone. Gone like it was never there. I got it in my robe, my pocket, and, you know, I had a thermometer, you know. <laughs> check my, because before it was like almost 102, I check it. 97.9. Ooh, God, you are good. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. He had a word of knowledge for me and the gifts of healing and the power of God was there to heal me. I was working on a job at American Airlines long before I was a pastor. I don't know if I was in Bible college yet at the time, but a co-worker, I was working with a co-worker, a friend of mine, great big fella, weighed about 245 pounds, and we were both up on these little stands working on something in the ceiling of the airplane and he lost his footing and he slipped and he fell and he came down and he hit the back of his head and his neck right on the corner of the stand and he was out and he was shaking just shaking and I saw that and something came over me something came over me all I heard him in my spirit was no he's not going to be injured and I jumped off the stand and I grabbed this Baptist fellow that I knew and I said come here we're going to pray for Don and we laid our hands on him, and he's shaking like a leaf. He's unconscious, and we prayed for him, and all of a sudden, he just calmed right down. Well, they called the medics, and they came out, and they wrapped him up, and they checked him over. They said, he's got some kind of an injury, it looks like, in the back of his neck and the top of his spine. Uh, he's in shock right now, and they caught the guy off. Two hours later, he comes walking back in. He says, man, all I got is a little bit of a headache. What happened to me? He was totally healed. Totally healed. Now, let me tell you something about Big Don. He was a Christian guy, terribly involved in an adulterous affair with a woman. And I looked at that and I said, wow, God, man, you love him more than what the sin is in his life. You love him in spite of him. God, and I, I was totally taken. I said, God, you, man, you, you worked with power gifts to rescue this guy. And he's tied up in sin. This guy used to come and sit by me sometimes on the job. He'd just sit next to me, and he'd start crying. He said, Brother Joe, read me something from the good book. I had a little pocket Bible on. And I'd read him something. He'd sit there wiping his eyes. I'd say, Don, you need to stop what you're doing. I know, I know. The woman's got a spell on me. I know, I know. I said, you need to break loose. You need to break loose. I'd like to think he broke loose after that. Amen. But, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Laying on of hands. It was the gift of faith to, to, to you know, Pastor Steve, you know, you, you, you went cold turkey, you started the church. You're either out of your mind or you're in faith. <laughs> a little of both. A little, no, no, you weren't out of your mind. You're out of your old mind, the mind of Christ now. See, my wife and I, I left American Airlines with three young children. I had 18 years seniority. I had a good, good job. We quit. Moved back to... New Jersey and pioneer a church? Are you kidding me? But God. What I want to say to you is this. God's not a respecter of persons. And you, praying in the Holy Spirit, it puts you in tune with what he wants to do. It's not that God says, oh, you're praying a lot. I think I'll work through you. No, that's not what it's all about. You will know when God wants to move on someone else's behalf. Let's just say the furnace in your basement is God. And there's pipes that go up to all of the baseboard heating everywhere in the house. 
and then there's water that runs through the pipes, right? Amen. Well, you know, God is down there, and he sends the Holy Spirit to us through you. You're the pipe. You're the pipe that God is going through. And all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are always to bless someone else. It's always for somebody else because we're co-laborers together with God. Now, I'm not going to walk around here and start laying hands on people. No, you don't need me to lay hands on you. You want the baptism in the Holy Spirit. All you got to do is ask. God will take care of the rest. If you're sincere in your heart and you want to get a little more of God in your life than what you've got thus far, and there's more to be had, I would never surrender what I am. It has been a blessing in my life again and again and again. And in my pastoral years, again and again and again. I mean, there were times, like for instance, when Lance Wallenau said, I'm going to pray, and I said, that's for me. My congregation really knew about all these things. I had taught this repeatedly every time I knew we had a new bunch of people in the church. When Lance Wallenau said, I'm going to pray, I knew. I just knew in my spirit, he's operating in a word of knowledge. I'm getting in on this. And I said, this is for me. People in our church, when I say, somebody here, you got a pain in this or that or this or that, they get up and come up, and God's honest truth. Sometimes they were healed before they even got to the front. Why? They said, this is for me. God wants to do things for you above and beyond your expectations. He's able. He just wants you to be willing. The Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Amen? And this is, this is something, you know, I boast in the Lord on this. People used to bring their sick friends and relatives to church. And uh, like one time, did I tell you about Ron? Maybe I was in the first service. When we were at the hotel, the church was brand new. This guy Ron worked in there in the hotel, checking people in and out. And he was... I always noticed he was always sitting down, he'd get up, and I said, hey, Don, what's going on with you? He says, oh, man, I'm pretty sick. I said, what, what is it? Well, uh, I'm a dead man. I said, what's, what's going on? He said, I'm, I'm on the list to get a heart transplant, and I don't know if I'm going to make it to live that long. So we couldn't invite him into service. You know, he was working. Well, one night on a Wednesday night, we used to have a Bible study in our house until we got our first property. And one of the ladies in the church went to his house and got him. <laughs> Brought him to our house on a Wednesday night. You know what happened <laughs> already. She brings the guy in. It took three guys to help him up the steps to get into the house. He sat in the chair. He slumped there. And I thought he was going to pass out. <gasps> he was all... So I taught a Bible study, you know. Nothing unusual. At the end, I said, is there anyone here that would like prayer? Something going on in your life? I had him in mind. I said, I know this guy needs a new heart. He needs a miracle. He needs a miracle. So the lady that brought him, she's elbowing him. <laughs> Finally, he nods his head. She says, Pastor Don, Ron said, it's okay here for you to pray for him. So they help him get up out of his seat. And I said, Ron, I know you need a new heart, right? He says, yeah. He said, I'm going to ask God to take care of that for you. Okay. So I pray for him, and all of a sudden, he wilts. Like <laughs> He was not saved. He didn't know about falling down when you get prayed for. 
You don't have to fall to get healed, by the way. And he fell to the floor and they caught him and laid him down. And people thought he was dead. Because <laughs> he wasn't moving. Looked like he wasn't breathing. All of a sudden, his eyes open and he props up on his elbows. He said, hey, what happened? And I said, you tell me. He got up on his own and starts walking around the room. Oh, 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 my chest. I feel good. He said, and he's walking around faster and faster. I said, Don, don't you know what, Ron, don't you know, don't you know what just happened? He said, I'm not sure. I said, you got a new heart. He went to the doctor. They couldn't find anything wrong with his heart. His wife, he wasn't from South America, but his wife was. He sent her back to Brazil with his 13-year-old daughter because he couldn't afford to support them. Man, she was back within three days to get her man. She was a born-again How many remember Charo? She looked like Charo. She had this wild hair, but she was on fire for God. She said, she's crying. I've been praying for Ron, for him to get saved. I don't want him to die and go to hell. And now he's got a miracle. By the way, Ron got saved that night and baptized in the Holy Ghost too. We went up to Shepherd's Lake. You know where that is up here in Ringwood? We used to do water baptism up there every year on the 4th of July. He was up there playing softball, running the bases. The church, people in the church were looking at and said, this guy was like walking death. Look at him. God is good. And did I plan a miracle? Did I plan? No. It was as God wills. And when we're walking with God in that capacity, he'll let you know what he's going to do before he does it. And he'll let you be the conduit that he uses to bring a blessing. Are you interested in the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit now? You should be. Ask and you'll receive. And your joy will be full. Amen. Thank you for listening. I, I pray the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Listen, I'm going to be lingering around for a while. If any of you, if this is new to you, any of this, feel free to come talk to me. I'll do my best to explain to you what you need explained. Okay? God bless you. Pastor Steve, thank you for inviting me in.